Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Gina Poloni. Gina is the founder and CEO of the Gina Poloni Group. She has over 20 years of experience in driving companies to achieve elite performance. Gina began her career in advertising sales, eventually leading her to successfully pioneer and innovate a corporate membership platform in the fitness space that became recognized as the industry standard. Extremely cool. She was recruited as the vice president of membership sales for Equinox Fitness Clubs, which we all know. And since then, she's held many other leadership positions in major companies. We're going to be talking to Gina about her journey, about leadership, about goal setting, so much more. Gina, we are so honored to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, and I'm so excited to be here after like all this time. I feel like I know the two of you so I know. Super excited. We're so excited. Gina, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from. And if you don't mind saying how old you are since it's roaring 20s and we like to, you know, figure out the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm Gina Poloni. I grew up in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. Went to school at the University of Arizona and I am 58 years old, 58 years young, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of who I am. Business strategist, like you said, I'm the founder of Gina Poloni Group. Um, I think we can get into my journey if you'd like to do that a little bit. But basically, that's where I am now. I'm coaching entrepreneurs to elite performance. And really what that means is helping them sort of build and scale their businesses. Generally, it's post-startup, small to mid-sized enterprises, like proof of concept, $5 million in sales to, to 50. And that's really my sweet spot and really working with them on strategy and, and not just strategy, but really executing on the vision. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Incredible. We are so excited to have you on the show. We've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks. So really it's, it's so exciting. And yes, so you touched on it, but Julia touched on it briefly in your bio that we would love to know your story. So how from college to where you are today to founder, CEO, all the good stuff that you're doing. We would love to hear that journey. Sure. It has not been a linear one. I will warn you. Um, I feel like that's the good stuff though, because I think so many of us in our twenties, like right after college, we're like, we see amazing women like you and it's like, okay, like, well, she's like this incredible CEO and businesswoman. And it feels like, you know, it needs to be like, oh, we should like be there or on the path to be there. And then it doesn't always feel so clear when you're going through it. Mm-hmm. I, I know that well from having been in my 20s. And yeah, so I started out my career uh, in, uh, I was a PR and marketing coordinator, uh, making a grand total of $18,000 per year, um, which even back then was pretty low. And I remember going in and asking for a raise and uh, for $23,000 and they wanted to give me 21, but they finally said, we'll give you the 23 and said, but if you're going to expect raises like this, you're going to be really disappointed. And I knew I wanted more. I didn't know really how to get more. I was actually commuting by bus home to New Jersey from New York City. I'm really not happy about that. 
and knew that if I wanted to be in control of my own destiny, I had to make more money. I wound up meeting my future mentor, uh, a man named David King, who ran a company called Careers for Women, who basically talked about sales as a career. And I thought that was like, sort of like, Ugh, who does that? I don't want to be like a pushy salesperson. And he really opened my eyes to, to what sales was all about. And I sort of never looked back. He placed me in my first role in advertising sales. And I went from, you know, making $25,000 a year to like 96 within two years. And I never looked back and it just kept growing. What I learned from being in sales is like, if you can sell, you can eat and you're in control of your own destiny, which was always something that was supremely important to me. Um, and then I sort of went from there. I pivoted into health club sales. I did use my, my business to business sales experience to really create that program that the industry followed was recruited by the CEO of Equinox to head up sales for them. Um, I wound up being part of the management team that sold the company to the two private equity firms uh, that purchased it from the founding family. Um, and it was doing really well, but you know, Equinox was a very, very um, performance-driven environment. Um, the, it was always like, we're at a hundred, we're 110%. And, um, kind of during that period where I was, you know, doing all of that and being the vice president of sales and working 24 seven, unfortunately, both of my parents sort of got sick. Uh, they both got cancer within a couple of years of each other. And I just really couldn't keep it up. So that's where the non-linear journey comes, you know, and I was helping a, a friend launch a handbag business and all this was going on. And then I wound up also during that time meeting my future husband um, or reconnecting, I should say. And he had been divorced. I had broken off an engagement. We sort of reconnected and um, we got more serious and, you know, we wound up getting married. And within the first year of my marriage, I lost both of my parents and inherited my dad's business. So at the same time, and did I mention that he came with four stepdaughters who were between the ages of four and 14. And so, that is a whole new life to take wow. on in the yeah. midst it of was your a lot. personal was, journey. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot. And so I ran his business for, I'd say two or three years. And it was an electric motor distributorship, which was not something I was terribly excited about. Um, so I did it. My sister wound up moving back from Boston and helping me run it. And then I was just like, I'm out. I want to you know, be done with this. I want to move on, do other things. And she and her husband wound up buying me out of the business. So it stayed in the family, but I got to go and do what I wanted to do. So here I am in the first time in my life and like, you know, my later thirties. And it was the first time I didn't have to, you know, pay for my rent or, you know, put food yeah. on the table. Like that wasn't like, it wasn't like my own survival. I had had this husband, I had a husband mm -hmm. and I also had this money from the business and, you know, losing my parents in that way, that quickly fundamentally changed me. And I decided that I wanted to do something to give back. So I took my business skills and I helped, I met a woman who was from Malawi, who was living up near where I lived. And I had fallen in love with Africa because I had visited and I knew I wanted to do something to make an impact. And I had these business skills. So I wound up meeting her. She didn't even have a 501c3 uh, set up, which means you know she couldn't take donations and give a tax deduction. So she wasn't gonna, anything, gonna right. get anything major. So I helped her to build that. And, you know, we started with literally nothing. I were to check to her name for $2,000, you know, at the beginning. And my husband was like, why are you doing that? You know, you're never going to see that money. And like, I believe in her. And I went there and I absolutely fell in love. 
And we, so I, I became the volunteer development director, sort of co-founder of US operations in charge of all of the fundraising for that venture. And we went from zero to a million dollar budget and, and from a, you know, a backyard fundraiser in my backyard to three years later having it at Lincoln Center. So, you know, I, I've always been a builder and um, there's nothing been in my life that was, you know, as fulfilling as doing that, right? Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? I've been doing this and I've spent like seven years and I decided it was time to get back into the business world. Mm -hmm. So I pivoted again. And I use my membership background. I, I, I have a passion for travel. And uh, I, a friend of mine introduced me to the CEO of this um, boutique travel company. It was membership-based. And I wound up meeting her. And um, I got involved and I helped them sort of on a consulting basis, went in and helped them do a strategic plan. And out of that came, we need a membership director. And I'm like, you know, I can help <laughs> you find one. And then I decided, I'm like, well, why don't, what do you think if I did this for you? And then if, if we like each other, that sort of, there could be a bigger role. And I did, and I did that for four months and I found the membership director. I trained everybody, trained them. And then I became the president of the company and helped build out all the critical infrastructure. Um, you know, we tripled membership. We really grew the company a lot. Um, and then I decided it was, you know, I wanted to, to do something like maybe go to a larger company within the space. Cause I had done it for a smaller company and I went to work for probably the largest company in the space. And I did a consulting project for them. And, you know, I think they were ready to offer me. They, I knew that they were ready to offer me a, a bigger role. And I just was like, wow, you know what? I don't want to work for anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be involved in this bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. And what I really love is building. And what I really love is coaching and we'll get into this later. I know yes, that you know this, but I love, you know, also coaching young women. Yes. So I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I always use my consulting sort of as a flirtation to get a, and I usually be offered a role. Mm -hmm. um, and at, at, a, at a company, I decided, you know what, this is it. It's time for me to once and for all, just kind of really focus in on this. And that's what I've been doing for the, of course I did, I launched it during COVID. That's a whole other, you know, set of circumstances, <laughs> yeah. super fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I did and that's where I am today. And that's uh, how it happened. <laughs> Incredible. No, thank you for sharing all of that and for sharing it in so much detail. Like as Julia mentioned before, I, I, it's so easy to look at someone and just look at them as an overnight success and miss all of the ups and downs and everything yeah. in between. So it's, it's changes. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's so inspiring. And when we talk about too, especially in your twenties, it's like, it's crazy because it's like our twenties are only a portion of our lives, but all of these little things are already happening for us of pivoting, of changing our minds on, on what it is that we thought we wanted to do on our thoughts about money, on our thoughts about relationships, our thoughts about business, uh, ourselves, right? Like there's so much that we're discovering. So all of that is incredibly helpful. And I think that the coolest part, um, right now is is to be able to look at you right and to be able to see your face on on the zoom and see that like you're you seem so fulfilled you know you're literally it seems like living a life that maybe you dreamed of or you thought about before and that all these little twists and turns even though they might have not been what you expected mm -hmm. still led you to where you are right now and I think that that's like really grounding honestly for someone um like us or any woman listening right now in their 20s that probably feels lost and confused and behind yeah. and worries that they're never going to figure it out. So thank you for sharing all of that. 
Um, and I think that that's, that's probably one of the biggest things that we talk about with our friends. I think like the, the fear of failing is something that comes up a lot. So in all of these like twists and pivots and everything that you experienced, how did you navigate any like self-doubt or hurdles or uncertainty? Well, I hate to tell you this, but even today, I still have doubts and uncertainties and we're all like, you know, I have a friend who we always say like, if you don't have imposter syndrome, at least some of the time, you're probably a sociopath. (laughs) I mean, I believe that everybody does. I don't care who they are. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. Peter Fonda used to say like before he would get out and do any performance, he would throw up every time. So I think that's part of like, it's, it's, you feel it and you sort of, you know, have to make friends with it in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, what I would say is that, you know, the doubt and the uncertainty as you get older. Yes, I am definitely living a life that is really fulfilling to me in so many areas of of my life. But um, I think that what's important is like, for me, I always had sort of the plan. I mean, I was definitely a planner and had goals and all of that. But I think what's important, and and I I look at this in travel as well, it's like, have an itinerary, but leave space in it so that if something cool comes up, you're not stuck on that. I have to do this, right? I I think it's the same thing. It's a metaphor for life, right? It's like, have a plan, have a loose plan, but leave some space for the twists and the turns because, you know, man plans and God laughs, (laughs) you know, and you may have this plan. And I sometimes, I know this sounds cliche, but I do believe that sometimes the universe has something bigger in store for you than you could even think for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So it is that thing. It's like, you're going to feel the doubts and you're, you know, but, but if it's churning in your stomach doubt, that's probably something to pay attention to. But if it's like just a little bit of like butterflies and it's like more like excitement, then you move towards that. Right. Mm. But I think it's really developing that, you know, kind of the intuition and really getting to know yourself and your one job in life, ladies, is to get to know yourselves and who you are and then how you can impact the world. But until it's like the whole, like, Put on the the mask for yourself on a plane like you yeah. have to be focused on yourself and in your 20s it's such a developmental time right and yeah. you know and, and I would say just I used to say this to my salespeople, like put on your blinders like little racehorse you know how the racehorses have the blinders so they yeah. don't get freaked out like put those on and focus on yourselves yeah like oh yeah be selfish at this stage of your life mm. you know mm-hmm. um and we'll get into other stuff too, but you know, like the risk taking and and not being afraid because there's nothing in your twenties, you know, for the most part, you know, despite like robbing a bank or something that's unrecoverable. <laughs> Don't do anything right? crazy. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing against the law, but there's really nothing that's, that's unrecoverable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I think we, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And it's so important what you said about the blinders, especially with, we talk about this all the time with social media, we're constantly comparing ourselves and we put, I know I do. And I know the people around me do put so much pressure on ourselves to feel like we have to have, you know, and a a lot of I, me and a lot of my friends are type A people, planners, like have goals, have big dreams. And so that's wonderful. But with that comes like this immense pressure to like have hit these marks already or achieve this thing already that we aspire to. And that's great, but it can be, you know, so difficult on 
the way we treat ourselves during that process. And I just love your story. And I, I love the travel metaphor about leaving space because I think it's so true. And I've noticed that more and more. And I want to ask a little bit about like your earlier journey, because with that thing of like, okay, maybe we have this dream or we have this goal and we're not there yet. Um, I think sometimes like I forget and we forget that like so much of what we're picking up on the way is going to be so important to like that goal later on. And I know that's like you started in sales and you said like when you were going into it, you were like, I don't want to do that. But obviously that like impacted you and who you are and the things that you've built and continue to build so much. What did you learn, you know, in that period of your life? Like what about, and I hear people talk about all the time, like what they gain from sales. Like what did you gain from that position that you didn't think you were going to want to do? And how is that, you know, come with you into all of the things that you've built since then? Yeah. So I think in life, we're all selling, right? Whether you're selling, you want to get a guest on the podcast or whatever it is. I, and I would, if I had it my way, I would force everybody to do some form of selling at some point. Like mine was literally cold calling. Back in the day, it's like you picked up the phone and you called people from a list cold. And there were times where I would be so anxious about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, and it was funny because I had this boss and he was horrible, but he would come out and he would like, you're not on the phone enough. So he would listen. And then by the way, sometimes I'd get somebody on the phone and he'd be like talking over me, like, say this, say this. I'm like, oh my God, like, this is a nightmare. However, I mean, and there were times where like the companies I was calling, they were so small. It's like a dog was barking in the background. And well, now that's, you know, status quo, but back then it wasn't. And, you know, and there was a time where I, you know, I called somebody and (laughs) midway through my like talking, they like hung up. I literally picked up the phone and I called them back and I said, Hey, I think we got disconnected. They're like, no, I hung up on you. (laughs) And I'm like, And I said, you know what? If you knew me, you wouldn't do that because I'm, you know, we would get along. And then we started chatting. But so what I learned from that is grit, determination, a level of confidence. But the most important thing is never take rejection personally. It's not about you. It's not about you. And so much we're so in our heads and we're so thinking it's, it's us all the time. And it's not. You know, if somebody's not responding, and by the way, like there's another 50 people I could call. So it's just, it was the greatest lessons of my life was in selling because I took that into every other area of my life, right? And those skills and negotiating and, you know, all of it, but, but that the, the grit and the determination and the fact that was so gratifying because I was in almost a pure commission role. And whatever I put into it was what I was going to get out of it. And I think that is in life in so many ways. If you set yourself up in a way, right, whatever you put into it is what you should be able to get out of it. And that's why I believe getting into your own business as quickly as possible. You know, I, you know, I know you had, had Jenna who uh, does my social media on, and we call it, you know, the never applied generation, right? It's like, I, it astounds me. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm so impressed with all of you who, you know, cause we were told like you had to work your way up. Right. And you had to spend all these years. Yeah, and yeah. 
I mean, I'm so impressed. And that's where I think like, we can all learn from each other. Like oh, yeah. I can bring experience and, you know, guidance that, that you may be looking for. And I've gone through those lessons and I've fallen on my face and I've gotten myself back up and, yes. you know, been knocked down, <laughs> but you know, we all can learn from each other. And, and, and I'm so impressed with your generation of just getting out there and, and doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that something that really stands out to me and definitely to dear Julia too, is regarding like rejection. Like, I think we're so scared of this whole thing of like, what if I fall? But I was literally just thinking about this today. And um, what if you fall, but there's this whole other space of like, well, what if you fly? Like, what if this is the thing that really sets you to the next level? And I think we are held back a lot out of fear of being rejected or being, you know, just embarrassed, I guess, or, or being not good enough. And I think as a result, we either don't put ourselves in certain situations or almost like don't even allow ourselves to think past a certain point. Um, and I think that it's, it, it's scary. It is, but I, I love that you mentioned not taking it personally, because I think that it's not only something that we need to hear, but something we need to believe that it isn't about us. And yeah. on the other side, I think in terms of your skill set, like, I think that a lot of times we really limit what we identify our skill set as, right? Like, let's say like Julia is a wonderful actor. That's why she's in that role. But there are other strengths and skills that she has that I think make her even better at being an actor. Like there are so many ways in which she's personable and easy to work with and, and has incredibly like intense um, ambition. And I think that those are like little things, right. That we don't think about I, for myself and Julia, in terms of something that we've always talked about is like, what do people say you're good at? Right. And then when I, when I hear what you're talking about in terms of just like being good with sales and, and being a good leader and a good builder, I'm like, wow, there are so many things that we don't capitalize on, like using our voices, being able to make people feel heard. Right. Like those are still skills. It's just the way that in which we use them. So, um, I think what you do is so cool. Um, and in terms of your business in general with like goal setting and all of that, what advice would you give to listeners on like strategic and effective goal setting? Yeah. So that's a big one because the way that I approach goal setting is first of all, it's, you know, we have a holistic life, right. And it's not just about, you know, so you have all these different areas of your life, right. So it's really, first of all, be authentic, set goals that are important to you and, you know, to, to, not just, you know, the world out large or what you think you should be doing, but that really are, you know, are congruent with, with who you are as a person and what you truly, your soul truly wants. Um, but from a, you know, the strategic side, I would say is like, you be like, you have to choose the areas. Like right now you're in your twenties, right? A career is probably super important and probably, you know, I don't know if you're in relationships. I think I think you both are one is yeah yeah both so are. it's like relationship right and like you're probably thinking to the next step so you know so I would say you can't you got to focus on a couple of areas at a time and it's going to change right so right now it's like set the goals like pick the areas that are most important to you in life and know why so for instance like for me my top value has always been health because my parents were sick they died young so that drives a lot so yeah. health is always going to be my number one thing so my goals, right, start there. I make the goals for health. Those, even to this day, I schedule my workouts before anything else in my calendar because health is most important to me. So set the goals that are like important to you in the areas of your life because you can't do it all. 
Look at, I mean, even Oprah, as, as hard as she tried to lose weight, she's the most successful woman, but that's an area that she hasn't been successful at. So mm -hmm. I think as women, we think like we should be doing it all. We should be good at everything. We should have the perfect body and the greatest career. And it's a myth. It's a freaking flat out lie. You can't. So focus in on the areas that are most important to you set those goals, right? And, and, and conquer those. And then you can add in more. But like my whole thing in life now is like, do less better. Mm. Do less better. Like make, like do be really effective at the things that are super important to you, right? And then have some fun with it. Like, you know, you, if you have a goal of like, I want to jump out of a plane, right? Um, do it or make the plan. But the other thing is, is when you do set a goal, and I think this is really important, it's like, do something like immediate towards getting that goal, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's like something, you know, I want to be vice president of sales of a company and you're just in sales now, it's like, what are you going to do to, to get that? What type of course are you going to take? Or what are the skill sets? Identify the gap, right? Mm -hmm. Between where you want to go and where you need to be and be strategic about getting the skills or the mentorship or whatever it is that you need to get that. Find the person who's already successfully doing it. I'm lazy. I like, let me cut the time in half. Let me find somebody else who's, who's doing it. I don't have to reinvent the wheel and we don't have to do that. So find somebody who's successful at the thing that you want to be successful at and go, hey, how did you do that? And people always want to talk about themselves. They oh yeah. You. So. Oh, I love that. Thank you for breaking it down like that too. Cause it feels so tangible. And we have uh, our best friend, Haley, her mom is this incredible divorce lawyer, badass lady. And she calls it work-life sway. Cause she's like, it's never going to be a balance. It's never going to be like worth like balance or, you know, you're never going to feel balanced in your life. And it's a sway. Sometimes it's going to be like, this is the most important thing. Sometimes your energy has to go to this thing. And I always try to come back to that when I feel like, okay, I'm not like being a plus in every single area of my life all the time. You know, it's funny you bring up that work. I don't know why it's like, it gets the hackles on the back of my neck going. Like, I just don't even believe, I don't even think we should be promoting work-life balance. Right. There is no such thing. Right. There's like, no such thing. Sometimes you're working really hard. Sometimes you're kicking, kicking back, but like, there is no, it's like a relationship. Is it ever 50-50? I don't right. think so. Right. No, always this way. Right. So yeah, I completely agree with her. I love yeah, that. we love that. And so in, speaking of goals, a, a specific goal that I have recently and want to get better on, and like you said, find someone that's good at it and ask them the questions. Um, I feel like this is something you are probably really good at, Gina, and you've, you've you mentioned it a little bit in telling your story and your journey is like networking. That's something that I personally have a goal of getting better at. What how do you see yourself in that role as a networker? And do you have any tips or tricks on being excellent at networking? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I don't think anybody, I shouldn't say that, but I, I think most people are really uncomfortable with it. No, I don't know many people who like love walking in a room and not knowing people and what do you do? But so I would say a couple of things though, first of all, be really authentic, like, don't do it for the sake of like getting something right. It's like, go in and be authentic, be yourself. I am genuinely, genuinely interested in people and their stories. And sometimes people are like, are you interviewing me? <laughs> like, but I do, I like, I'm super interested. Like, I want to know more, like I will dig deep. 
So um, I would say, you know, so be authentic, be open, listen more than you speak, right? Um, and the other thing that I would say is just really like you want to put deposits in before you take out. So like if you can invest in somebody or like, you know, hey, what are the biggest challenges that you're struggling with right now? And they say, oh, you know what? I just lost my head of sales, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, let me think about who I might know, right? So then you're like adding value. So I would say like, you know, try to figure out a way to add value. And the other thing that I would say, and I used to say this to my salespeople all because you go into a presentation and they get nervous, right? Think of five or six questions. And I used to have them write them on their mirror, like that you can ask before you go in so that you're comfortable. So, and, and even if like, or if God forbid, like you lose your place, or you stumble, right? It's like, you can ask another question because again, people are more interested in, you know, 97% of the time, I think it is like, we're thinking about ourselves, right? So it's like, the more you can like really engage that person and things that they're interested in, you know, and then the other thing that I would say today, it's right, right. There's LinkedIn, there's social media, there's all these different things. And like, find the medium that you're comfortable with. Like, so for me, like I love podcasting. Like I don't love getting on a stage and like espousing my wisdom. I'd rather be on a panel discussion. Like I'm much more interactive and I'm better in that space. So get to know yourself and like, what are the, like, don't try to push yourself into something that's just not you. Right. And I think, listen, if you want public speaking, it's a rough one, right? It's like, we, always have to get better at that, whether it's for this or whatever. I mean, it's, 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 it's important. I think it, they say like 97% of people fear public speaking, speaking more than death. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. But, but again, I think, I think it's be authentic, be a good listener, give before you ask. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and just be prepared. Like if, so if you're nervous, you've got those little questions, like you can be like, Hey, you know, whatever. So love that. Love that. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And and it is tricky. It's, it's nerve wracking, but I feel like it's, it's so nice to be able to see like over time as you do start to build that community. And I really think that just making people feel like seen, I, I feel like I always come back to that, but just like giving in that sense or having that welcoming, um, and giving type of energy, I feel like makes such a difference and people really do feel it. So um, I completely yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, we're all the same, you know, whether I got, I think I just mentioned to you, I just got back from Africa and seeing some of our projects and like, you know, we, we think we're so different, but when you travel and you get out there in the world, you see that people were all the same, right? It's like, you want better for your family. You want good education. You want good food, water, whatever, like the, those are the basics, but yeah. beyond that education and opportunities, like yeah. we are so much more alike than we are different. Oh, it's so true. It's the truest thing. It is, it is definitely. Um, to kind of shift over to a different topic, what do you believe are some key components to being a good leader? So I've thought about this a lot and I have <laughs> learned <laughs> a lot from being under leaders who were not as good as just as much as I have been under um, ones who were good and were great. And I think the biggest thing that um, that I think that if you're lucky enough and have the privilege to be a leader and the way that I have approached leadership is, you know, especially as a, you know, a, a head of sales or a leading sales teams, especially, it's a hard job and I've been there and I've done it, right? So come, come to it with a sense of compassion and empathy 
And I always believe, you know, Brene Brown says, do you believe people are doing their best? And, you know, I think generally most people for the, want to do good and want yeah. to do the right things. And a lot of times it's just this lack of communication and we're all from such different backgrounds. It's, it's amazing that we can communicate as well as that we do, but establishing a common language, right. Mm. For how we communicate with one another. But to me, I believe in servant leadership. I believe if you're in a, you know, you're privileged enough, you're really there to bring out the greatness in other people. So to me, it's about really supporting people, pushing them to stretch, you know, giving them the opportunities and having, you know, also um, the confidence to know that you don't know any, everything and know what you're good at and then surround yourself with people who, you know, or compliment you in those areas. You know, for instance, you know, I am good at sales. I wasn't the greatest at operations. I remember being in the health club industry and my boss at the time wanted to switch uh, the VP of operations and, and our roles and have us each to each other's roles. And I was like, oh my God, I want the clubs to be clean. I want the instructors to show up on time. These, the classes to run regularly, but these should not be my responsibilities because we're all going to fail miserably. Like I know what I'm good at. Right. Yeah. You know, and I believe like double down and go more in depth on the things that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Right. And mitigate the weaknesses. Right. Yeah. So yeah. to me, leadership is really um, just, just being open, listening again, I think a lot, it comes down to listening and being supportive and, and, and walking the walk, not just telling me like this whole command and control leadership regime that I grew up under, I don't believe exists in the same way today. And I think that's really for the good. Um, but it's, it's a partnership more than a dictatorship. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I feel about leadership. I love it. On the other side of that, and I actually have a few friends struggling with it at the moment, which is why it came up for me. But do you have any advice for someone who maybe is struggling with a boss or a leader? Do you have any advice for, um, since you've been such a successful leader for so long, um, handling that or, or taking sure. steps to mend that? Yeah, I think... <laughs> to know that leaders and bosses are people too. Yeah. Um, and that they come with their own, you know, set of problems and they may be having things going on at home, but I think it's almost like parents. It's like, you expect them to be perfect. Right. And you expect them to, and, and I believe that as leadership, a leader should show up and, and sort of put things aside, but sometimes you can't, right. Even when I was going through my parents being sick, like I couldn't hide that we're human, right? So, and understanding that like your boss is a human too and trying to put yourself in their, their shoes, right? Um, and understand what they're going through. But at the same time, you have to be true to yourself. And if you really do feel like you're not being supported or heard, I think you kind of have to have the courage, right? To say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling certain, I, 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 are you open for some feedback, you know, and, and I'd love to give you some feedback because I really want to make this better. Right. But I'm, you know, here's how I'm feeling. Right. And just having those conversations. And I would say, if you can't have that type of a conversation with a leader, you probably don't want that to be a long-term thing. Yeah, like I was yeah. always open. I'd be like, tell me, how can I get better? You know, how did I, you know, what can I do to be yeah 
more supportive and and how can I be better? And that doesn't mean like you subjugate what you need to get done, right? You still have a job there is, but, but again, I think understanding that people are people first Mm -hmm. and it goes both ways. Yeah. So that's what I would say. That's incredibly helpful. Thank you. Yeah. I just so happened to have some friends struggling with some leadership. Um, yeah. And if I knew more specifics, just tell them to call me. Yeah, I'll tell them. <laughs> I can, you know, you know. Call. <laughs> um, but you are such an amazing leader. And with that, you've become an amazing mentor. And we're so excited about that. I know it was something that you and I were really excited when we were talking about having you on the show. Um, you have this passion for this like intergenerational mentorship and working together. Why is that something that fuels you so much? And why is that something that you've uh, found so much fulfillment in? So probably because I do have four stepdaughters who I have been coaching for a very long time. In fact, my uh, my youngest one, when she was applying to college, I've helped them all with their applications, with essays, with everything. And she applied, I think, to 15 schools. It was crazy. Like we were like writing essays all the time. And I literally felt like I was applying. Like when she was getting the acceptance, I was like, yay, no. <laughs> so um, I think that's kind of where it started. And um it's important to me because I wish I had had somebody who, you know, had done that for me, especially a female mentor. Like I had some male mentors, but it's, it's not the same because men don't go through the same things that we do. They don't necessarily have to balance family and career in the same ways that we do. And, you know, all of those things. So and I also think I've also somebody who's very open to being like, I am, don't have all the answers. Like I have loved, you know, working with, as I mentioned, Jenna and Rachel, like I've coached them and I've helped them and and taught them on strategy and and putting together a plan for their business and helping them do things like that. But they've taught me so much. So I think we have so much to teach each other. And I think, you know, getting, you know, myself back up to speed on like, you know, Zoom and Calendly and, you know, MailChimp and all of these different things that like, you know, a lot of women of my generation don't have a clue, right? So it's really important for whatever reason, it's very important to me to stay relevant, to be in the conversation. Like, I'm just not somebody who's going to go off and play bridge all day. Like, it's just fine. You could do that, but like, it's just not my thing. And there's only so much yoga I can do. So like, I need to keep my mind active. So yeah, I have my business, but I really have this huge passion because I want to see more women in leadership positions. I want to see more women fulfilled. I want to see women have less anxiety. And to know that, like, you can look at me or you can look at somebody who, and I'm super open about it. And I think there are women who like, they want it, want you to think it was a perfect, you know, path, but it, yeah. nobody has that. No. And I think it's so important for you guys to know that you're gonna go through a lot, but, and to keep going and that there is no failure, there's only learning. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about it, you know, before Brenda, it's like, what if you fly? Like, and, and where the juices in life is when you get out on that ledge and that, you know, that, that level of discomfort and you, you succeed, like there's nothing better than that, right? Because yeah. you're putting yourself out there when most people won't, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get things that most people will never get if you do those things. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so powerful. And what would you say? So if someone is listening to this and looking for a mentor, what, what advice would you give them in terms of maybe where to look or how to find someone, anything like that? Yeah, I, I would, I would say, you know, it's hard to say without knowing like what the right. networks are yeah. or whatever. I think there are probably, you know, women's networking groups that you could be a part of. Um, I would say probably start within your, your own circle and, you know, like, who do you know that you can talk to? And I think, um, and, and finding somebody who's in it, I think for the right reasons, right. Who generally has a passion for it versus like, oh, they feel like they have to do it because they're paying it forward or whatever. But like, I think you want to find somebody who is willing to invest in you, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, care, and, 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 and be there for you. Um, and, and, and also find somebody who specifically, you know, is, is kind of maybe on the path that you want to follow. Again, I think it's that finding the, you know, compression of time, right. Find somebody who's doing it and then reach out. And the other thing is like, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody either. Like, you know, like, and, and be genuine. Like when I was doing this summit, and I didn't really have a big following. I couldn't believe how many people were interested in being a part of my summit. Like, so believe that there it's possible. And you two are going places. Like you already, a lot of, you know, you're already on your path. So people are going to get genuine satisfaction, right? Out of seeing your journey. And those are the types of people that you, you, you want to mentor you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You you just touched on it. And before we get to our last couple of questions, I'd love for you to just um, tell us a little bit about the summit that you did host um, a little bit ago and also just about the Gina Poloni group in general, anything you want to share about sure. that? Yeah, the so summit was, it was a 21 day summit on entrepreneurship and really kind of, uh, it was called the Untethered Entrepreneur, which comes from uh, my, one of my favorite books of all time, which is the Untethered Soul. And if you haven't read it, I, oh, I haven't. It. Okay. Writing that down. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool book. And, it, and, and basically the, the premise really is, is, is this is surrendering in every moment really. And that's really hard to do. It's easy to say, right. But in every moment, it's like, he talks about the concept of, you know, it took us almost 14 billion years to get this to this moment in time we're not supposed to be anywhere else. We're mm-hmm. right where we are supposed to be. So, and I think we're all like trying to run to the next thing. So the, the whole purpose of the summit was to develop the, the mindset, the strategies and the actual skills um, to be a successful entrepreneur, but to be an untethered entrepreneur where you're not tethered and to, you know, a certain way of doing things and trying to, you know, really release the anxiety because it is anxiety provoking to be an entrepreneur and you do feel sort of lonely a lot of the time. So, and I think that's another thing, really developing a network. And I think it's so cool today, like that we could, you know, really do, I've developed relationships with people in Australia and Germany and Spain and all over the world that I would not have if it hadn't been for COVID and Zoom. And we all like love to hate on Zoom, but like, it really was a way for us to communicate with one another. So, yeah. So that was the summit. And the other question was Gina Filoni group. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I am basically what, what we do is we really sort of, I would say I coach entrepreneurs who are looking to get to the next level. It's generally post startup and it's generally people who have like 
they've gotten themselves to a certain point. And a lot of times they're creatives or they didn't necessarily have the business and the leadership background. And they get to a certain point and they've gotten to a certain level of success and they're plateaued. And they're like, they don't know what to do next. So really I help them kind of create, you know, I'm told I help them create like a vision that's sometimes larger than they have for themselves. And then we develop the, you know, not just develop the, you know, consultant just says like, here's the plan. I really get in there and I help them implement it and execute on it. And, um, and, and it's, it's really fun for me. And then, like I said, the other part portion of one of the reasons I was so excited to be on this is, and, you know, I haven't really, I've sort of started to put it out there, but I would love to develop um, a mentoring program. Ironically, I work with a lot of male entrepreneurs, but I'd love to develop more of a mentoring program for young women. Um, oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. So that's my cool. other little thing that I would, I would really like to do. So I'd love to work with more women and, and help them with their businesses and help them with, you know, life strategies, because, you know, it's so funny because I really, I, I really sort of get squeamish when people talk about life coaching and I'm really not a life coach, but mm -hmm you really can't coach somebody's business without their lives, yeah, without yeah. getting into their lives because how we do anything is how we do everything. Oh my gosh. Yep. So we Absolutely. all bring our messy selves. <laughs> yeah. everything you do. We do. And I mean, there's a, something that I've just learned from this show over and over again is like, there can never be like too much community or like too much help or too many people to turn to. It is so empowering when we have people that we can look to for advice or turn to for help. And like, even you said, like you even have a business coach, like you're the, you're like the businesswoman of all businesswomen and you even have a coach and like therapists oh, have yeah. therapists and we all need 100%, one. 100%. And, yep. And it just, it doesn't take away anything from like your own capability to, you know, have, have people on your team. No. And I, I totally believe in that. And it's like, they say, you know, the whole idea is really to bring out what's, what's within you, right? Yeah. It's not about me. It's about like, let's bring out what's within you. And, and we all need, like, I need oh, yeah. to go to somebody and have a, a, a sounding board, right? Yeah. So I 100% believe in that whole 360 thing, whether you're a therapist and you need therapy, like, yeah, we're all, we're all searching, right? We're yep. all sort of on a path and on a journey. And I don't care where you are, you know, we, I don't care if you're, I, I have a friend who she's 71 years old and she's still, she's like, I don't know what's next, but she's excited. And I it's, love that. it's really cool. You know? And the thing is, is that we're not aging the same way. And that's another thing not to go off on a tangent, but I'm <laughs> hugely passionate about like this whole thing about really treating aging as a disease. And you can, there are things you can do to reverse it. Yeah. Um, and which is very cool too. So that we're, you know, we're not aging the way that our, our parents did and yep. not your parents, my parents, <laughs> um, you know, and we're staying, you know, healthier and younger. And there are so many things that we can do to do that. So um, yeah, I think we're all going to have multiple careers and you guys are going to live to be a hundred and have like 10 different careers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. From Gina's mouth to God's ears. Yeah. Uh, Gina, we just have two little last questions for you before we let you go. We ask this to all of our guests. If you could tell twenties year old Gina, one thing, what would you tell her? Take more risks. Don't mm -hmm. be afraid um, like I said before, nothing is unrecoverable in your twenties. 
So go teach in Africa for a year, do that thing. If you're not jazzed about what you're doing and go out there and just, just get into the juice of life and don't worry about how it's going to play out. And I don't think you guys do the same way that we did. Like if there was, God forbid, a gap in our resume, we had to sit there and explain it. And I would say anybody who wasn't super excited that you like took off and went to Africa and did that or did these other things isn't somebody you want to work for Mm -hmm. anyway. And the second thing I would say is if you have an idea for a business, get in there and do it. Do it sooner versus later. I love the never apply generation. And then come to somebody like me who can help coach you to to get to that next level, but get out there. and, And what I would say is, you know, fail faster. There is no failure. It's only learning, right? So just get out there. And and if you have an idea, just do it. Don't, you don't have to wait 20 years and climb some corporate ladder to get the experience, you know, go out and, 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 and just do it. Wow. My goodness. I know there are people listening to that right now. that are like, okay, this is everything I needed to hear. So thank you. (laughs) Um, and just don't have their parents call me. Don't We're worry. not listing her number anyway. <laughs> nope, it's not available. <laughs> Approval needed. Um, and our last question is, where can people find you? So if they want to work with you, if they want to just learn more about what you do, um, any of that sure. stuff. Sure. It's uh, the, my handle on um, Instagram is Gina P Group. Um, on LinkedIn, uh, 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 Gina P Group. Um, and also uh, my website is also uh the Gina P group. So it's pretty much Gina P group. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Anywhere you want to find me. So incredible. And I'll put that all in the show notes. Gina, thank you so, so much for your time and your wisdom and your energy. This was such an inspiring episode. And I know I and all of everyone listening is going to be taking so much away from this. So thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. It's my honor. Absolutely. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.